This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. And I'm Eunice Elliott. Uh, Charles is gone today. Eunice, I am thrilled you're here. I'm thrilled to be I'm here. I'm thrilled you're here. She is awesome. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start with Britney Spears. You know the book is coming out. Um, this blows my mind. Nine million pre-orders. That shatters all records. It, it, it is just unbelievable because this was a book that we didn't even think was going to get written because she was delaying and stalling. This book is going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. Rightfully so, because she's dropping a lot of tea, as they say. She is dropping a lot of tea. And the big thing that we broke, the story we broke, is that uh, when she was with Justin Timberlake back in 2000, uh, she got pregnant. And uh, he wanted her to have an abortion. He felt they were too young. They were 19 years old. They were just starting their careers. She did not want to have an abortion. Um, and now we know more details about this because ultimately she did. And it's kind of horrific. It is. It's, it's a very sad story, and her recounting it makes you really have a lot of compassion for Brittany. So here's what she said. Uh, she said, uh, I don't know if that was the right decision, in other words, to have an abortion. If it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be a father. So clearly laying it on him there. Uh, it was important that no one find out about the pregnancy or the abortion, which meant doing everything at home. I kept crying and sobbing until it was all over. She had taken met a very painful meds. Uh, it took hours, and I don't remember how it ended, but I do, 20 years later, remember the pain of it and the fear. That's really tough because we kind of saw the change of opinion on Justin when he came out and said that they even had had sex because she was saying she was saving herself. This is next level. Next level. And I got to say, she is putting this on Justin. I'm not saying unfairly, I'm saying, but it's pretty clear she's putting a lot of this on Justin. Well, and she actually said that Justin was with her at the home when she took the med uh, medication and that he was actually playing music and strumming on the guitar, trying to comfort her. But she said that she was just sobbing for hours on the floor and that it just like took forever. And it's just so sad that she like went through this. But I do find it interesting that she said that they made a pact to never to tell anyone about this. So for her to kind of like say it in her book now, I know it's her story, but it, I wonder how he does feel because he kept this pact like with her and now it's just broken. You know, it's interesting you say that and I agree with you. Um, on the other hand, and, and help me out here, wasn't it Justin who kind of did, who did an interview back in the day and said we had sex when right. she was not really comfortable with him a saying that. A thousand percent. And then that just caused so much outrage because she was supposed to be this like innocent little girl. And then everyone just like basically berated her online and everyone just had this opinion of her calling her like nasty things in the media. So he did kind of start it, but it's just hard and it's like really sad to read about. But I'm so excited for this book. I cannot wait to use a sick day to read it. Well, you're not going to use a sick day to read <laughs> You're not supposed book. to tell him I know. That. I, for I forgot Eunice as I was saying it. <laughs> Boy, that was a bad move. Yeah, bad move. That was a bad move, <laughs> Courtney. I know, but I'm so excited for this book. I've been waiting for it ever since the announcement. But wait a minute. I mean, 
Look, I, I, I understand the game here. What the game is, you want to tease people and entice them to buy the book, and there are 9 million pre-orders, so it's already hugely... Yeah. What's left to read that's going to be a bombshell? Because it seems like everything that's new is now out already. But just imagine how much she hasn't told us yet. It's just like on any tease, even a trailer to a movie. Yeah, they're going to give you some of the good stuff to get you to watch, but you still are going to sit there for two hours I know, and enjoy but, it. But the difference is uh, the, uh, the movie is all new. With her, we've heard so many of her grievances about her family. We've heard some of it. We've heard so much <laughs> so of it. So much. It's been a lot. I mean, but I'm sure there is more that we never knew. And guys, we should mention, Brittany uh, just released a statement a short time ago on her Instagram, and she, she mentions how she doesn't want people to think that she's harping on her past. This is her experience, and she's sharing it with people, obviously, for the first time. But she feels like in the last few days, reading um, all of these headlines in the media about the book is kind of making her think that people are harping on it. Obviously, we're covering it for the first time, but she wants to make sure people don't think that she's harping on all of these past relationships and, and moments in her life in the past. Well, how is she not harping on it if she's talking about it in the book? Of course she's harping that's on it. That's not well, harping. I, I, that's by the way, telling. that's not criticism of you, Brandon. I'm <laughs> saying that when she says, I'm not harping, yes, she is. I don't understand. I don't think it's harping. She's just sharing her story, her I, life. She's already moved on. She's moved on. She has a different life now, but she's telling us what happened back to when we were really interested in her. And when she was in the limelight, she's just telling us what happened. If I told you what I had for dinner yesterday, that's not me harping on it. She's I'm just telling harping. you what happened. She's harping. Um, more not importantly, harp. she talks about her sex life with Colin Farrell. And I cannot wait for this chapter because they were so hot when they, they when we saw them just like after her breakup with Justin on the red carpet right after SWAT. She said that it was two weeks of just sex, and it was, and it just sounds. Absolutely what did she? Incredible. How did she, she? How did she characterize it again? It was like rough, wild. very, very rough sex. It went on for two weeks. They were very passionate. She said so passionate. Brawl, uh, the reason she called it a brawl, right, was because she said it was almost like they were in a street fight. Sounds it's, romantic. Yeah, I, it's like, <laughs> does anybody else have any like reaction to the fact that yeah, it's her life. But there are other people involved that she's bringing in. So you're not harping on it, but you're dragging them in 20 years after so the fact. So then you're never going to have a book. You're never going to have an autobiography. You're never going to have a memoir. Like, that's what it is. Uh, Courtney, does that at all concern you? That you th all harp every day. I hear you harp <laughs> all the time. And we still listen to it. And I still love you and appreciate it. That's what you have to do for oh Brittany. Oh, my God. And, okay. And and obviously, she wasn't too concerned about it. We got pictures of her out driving uh, that infamous uh, white Mercedes yesterday here in L.A. Um, so I, I don't think she's concerned about it. I think she likes revealing this, even though she's saying she feels like people are. Oh, I think she. On it. Are you kidding? She loves this. Absolutely. I mean, she loves this. This because is her drop. Mike, Mike, drop. Thank you, Brittany. And Peters. by the way, she's going to make a fortune off of yeah. this book. Hi, this is Gina Tampa. Um, commenting on the Britney Spears story. Um, it's kind of sad that that did happen, that she had to have an abortion. I feel like a lot of it was just because of the fact that both of them were young and their careers were just starting out. So, um, and they probably figured that a baby would just, you know, cause them to be like delayed and they're um, advancing even further. But in the story about Colin, oh my gosh, like, You've already got a lot of wows in the book already, so I'm not exactly sure why you want to add him. And he's probably sitting here thinking, why are you adding me in this book? <laughs> it's not the worst thing for Colin Farrell, I, was I must say. say. He does not mind at all. Imagine if he heard she put a book out and didn't discuss those two weeks. He would be or said, or, or said, he was okay. He was all right. All right. Uh, okay, <laughs> we're going to move on to Kim Kardashian. She was in court 
Um, not as a lawyer, because she's not a lawyer yet. Right. Not as a litigant. Um, she's been in court all week um, for jury service in a gang murder case. I mean, this is crazy. We didn't find out about this until yesterday, and we sent one of our producers out to the courthouse uh, in Van Nuys, uh, where Kim was on a jury panel um, where they were picking a jury uh, to um, hear a case involving two defendants who were accused of committing a gang-related murder. So she's sitting there in the peanut gallery with her bodyguard, um, and she is just, you know, one of the group. Um, they're, you know, they're chatting during breaks, eating snacks in the hallway. I mean, she was one of the crowd, um, and for four days. Yeah, I mean, she she was doing her civic duty, right? I mean, we know that she has studied to be a lawyer. She's very involved in the in the criminal justice system and prison reform. So I think that this was kind of the perfect opportunity for her, right? Even though she wasn't chosen as a juror, to go in and sit and see that process really helps her. It also really helped their Hulu show because as she left, the cameras were there after the four days. You know that they talked about shock. it. She did interviews about it. But hey, it's interesting content. It is. Oh, no, it's super interesting content. They didn't have cameras in the courtroom, by the way. Um, but the reason she didn't get on the jury is they had already... So what they do is they, they do this voir dire, which is questioning jurors, where the prosecutor and the defense lawyer ask the jurors questions. Um, and they had already picked 12 jurors and four alternates before they got to Kim. So they just dismissed everybody else. She was one of the people they dismissed, so she performed a service. Uh, and there she is in the car um, doing a little bit of, um, you know, replay uh, for the Hulu show. Um, by the way, sitting with a bodyguard in the front row. Who wouldn't? Just one of the crowd. <laughs> I love it. Hey, this is Ty from Jersey. I just want to shout out Kim Kardashian for doing her civic duty. I know she's in, in school to be a lawyer. She did a lot for, you know, people wrongly convicted of crimes and stuff like that. So I think it would have been too much publicity for the case for her to be on the jury. So that's why she didn't get picked. But much shout out to um, Kim Kardashian. Okay, one uh, final question. If you were the prosecutor in the case um, and Kim was... Um, open to voir dire where you could ask questions and you asked her questions, would you be inclined to say, I want her or I don't want her? I would want her. As a prosecutor? Yes. Because I feel like because she has such an interest in law, she would take it very seriously, probably much more so than the average bear. And most people, they don't want to do jury duty. I would believe she wanted to be there and I would think that she would want to be fair. Okay. She is big into prison reform. Does that yeah. worry you as a prosecutor that she might be a little more sympathetic to the defendants. Yes. No, but I think she will give them a fair shot. And I think that's the whole point of having a jury of your peers. But if you actually have someone on the jury who advocates for people, yeah, I want her. I, as a prosecutor, I still want it to be fair. Does she have too much influence? Yes. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem on both sides. Yeah. That if you got her on your side, that's great. But if you don't, you're screwed. There is a song that Britney recorded uh, in 2003 called Every Time. It was a big, big song. And there are a lot of fans now who are looking back at this song, especially the music video there, where you see a baby and realize this is just a couple of years after she had an abortion after getting pregnant with Justin Timberlake. And people think this song may be about regrets. So here's a little bit of the song, and then we're going to bring in the songwriter.
did some digging on this to find out, you know, are, do the fans have something there? I mean, you're looking at a baby and you know that just three years before she had the abortion. So we decided to go to the source. And the source is Annette Artani, who co-wrote this song with Brittany. They were very close um, and shared some very common ground uh, when this song was being written and recorded. And Annette is joining us right now. Annette, welcome to TMZ Live. Thanks for having me. We so appreciate it. So, um, look, the fans are saying this is a song about regret, remorse over having that abortion. To that, you say what? So, at the time that she and I were friends, we were very close, but there was never a mention of an abortion. Um, at the time that the song was written, I had just broken up with her musical director and maybe two months before. So the way that I sort of deal with, with life is I sit on the piano and I write. And um, at that time, it was like the tour was over. We were just friends. And I was hanging out at her house in, um, in the Hollywood Hills. And I sat on her piano and I started writing. So this was coming out of me, you know, dealing with my issue. And she sat next to me and we both sort of started writing together. But there was never a mention of a baby. And we've talked about a lot of things. So. You know, is it true? Maybe on her end, that's what she was feeling. That that's always possible. But I can't, you know, I can't say 100% that I know that that was the case. What was the baby in the music video? So I had nothing to do with the music video. I just had to do with the writing of the song. Um, by that point, I was estranged from her because it was a whole debacle between um, saying that I didn't write the song, even though we presented the song together to her producers and to Larry Rudolph. Um, as a whole, whole other story. But since then, I just sort of like, I parted ways with her as a result because I just didn't wanna, I didn't wanna be involved in that kind of thing. So you mentioned you were close friends, but you feel like your estrangement may not have necessarily been from Britney directly. Would you think you would want to reach out to her now that her conservati conservatorship has ended? No. And the reason I say this is because um, I don't, from what I am seeing, I don't know that she is all that well, number one. Um, and I feel like these, so for, for 19 years now, I have avoided um, listening to anything that has anything to do with every time because it was such a painful, I was, I was really young. So it was painful to have your friends say, you didn't write this when I sat in her house and I wrote all my feelings. So for me, I didn't enjoy the writing. Um, I didn't enjoy the success of the song. Of the song, um, you know, the money's always good, but as a writer, it's like these are your feelings. So I felt very much like I was being robbed of like my identity, in essence, and my contribution. So I just shut down, really, and um, and I haven't spoken to her since. And I've seen now because people keep sending me things interviews where she keeps saying over and over again that she wrote this by herself so that just i've ignored those interviews now for 19 years so i haven't gotten upset because i'm not reading them but you know the last 24 hours people keep sending me things and i actually stopped to read them and it does get to you a little bit one of the reasons i feel like i came on the show is because i want to advocate for a ton of other writers who are in my position and who have been in my position you know, to be the little person, it's very easy to get squashed. You know, nobody knows you. And when a very big um, pop star 
you know, has all of this power and you're thinking, God, I'm nobody. I'm nothing next to this person. They can really do whatever they want with me. My ideas are not their ideas. So, you know, at least I can just stand up for myself and say, you know, this was, this was part of my, you know, that we shared this together, this collaboration, but I had very much everything to do with this song. It was not some solo event. So you were working with Brittany when you wrote this and you were sharing a lot of your feelings, your experiences. You mentioned the breakup with the musical director that you had. And there's a lot of regret expressed in the song. I'm sorry right. and all. Is that your regret, her regret, or both of your regrets? I think it was both of us, honestly. Does what she's saying now in this book, is what, as far as what you've heard, align with what you and, and she talked about back then? Not necessarily. I mean, first of all, the book is not out yet. So I'm only hearing what you guys are telling me or right. what little snippets. So the abortion thing I had no clue about. Um, but we did talk, you know, we talked deeply about, you know, her pain. For me, the um, the entire idea of this song was, you know, Justin was writing. He was He's a writer. So he was writing while he was on tour. He was writing with a lot of different people. Um, he was writing with Wade Robson as well. Um, and so I know that she wanted to have to clap back to Crimea River because that was very much like a slap in her face in essence. And it was a very public slap in her face. So I know that she probably, you know, I'm sort of the casualty in that because she's thinking, who cares? You know, no one knows her, but I think she needed to have something to say, you know, back to him in essence, because it, she probably felt humiliated by the, by what he was saying in that song. Um, but I do, I'm not going to say a lot because I didn't see it happen in front of my face. But like I said, I was dating her musical director, who was also the director for NSYNC. So was Justin um, completely faithful to Britney for all those years as a teenage boy? I'm going to have you guys just speculate on that. Okay, well, I can figure that one out. <laughs> but, the, but the other question is, what she says is, as far as she goes... Um, she made out with Wade Robeson, and that was pretty yeah. much it. Was that? That I knew. She wrote him a letter. Um, so what I knew about that, I didn't know if she mentioned it. Um, she had written him a letter and left it in her makeup bag, and he found it. But she wrote him a long, long letter, um, like 14 pages. And this is who? This and is writing a letter to Justin? To Wade. Or, to Wade. To Wade, yeah. Um, and basically, I think trying to end it or some, something like that. But what so, I, I don't understand the ending part if you make out in a bar one night. I don't get that. I don't think it was a making out in a bar one night. I think it was much. I remember specifically hearing her say, I mean, she told me the story how it was with Wade and it went on for quite a while and that she wrote him this long letter. It was like 14 pages and it was in, his, in her makeup bag. I don't know why she would store it in her makeup bag, but when Justin came around, you know, like they visit each other during the tours, um, I guess he had seen it. And then use that, I guess, as an opportunity because he was friends with Wade. They wrote songs um, to sort of like throw her under the bus. He probably wanted to end it because he's this young, handsome pop star who probably didn't want to be tied down. Here's an opportunity. So wait a minute. So you're so you're saying this was not one makeout session. This was almost a side relationship with um, Wade. My understanding, if you're writing somebody a 14-page letter, I would think that it's more than just we kissed one time. Wow. Um, I thought I had heard everything this week, but apparently I hadn't. Annette, um, 
this was really interesting. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Wow. Huh. I wonder will she read Britney's book now? Oh, I bet she'll read Britney's she has book. You know Britney's she will, book. but that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, the plot thickens with Sophia Bush and Ashlyn Harris. You know they are together now, and they are both divorcing their respective spouses. Well, the spouse of Ashlyn, Allie Krieger, has now spoken out. And what she says is a little obtuse, but very revealing. She posted this on social. Preparing for playoffs, she's a soccer player, while in my Beyonce lemonade era. We know what that means. Oh, well, why don't we just define it? <laughs> okay, if you are in your Beyonce lemonade era, mm. that means you have been probably cheated on, and you know who you are, you know you are the prize, I'm gonna make lemonade out of these lemons you're handing me. That's yeah, right. I mean, people probably remember that that lemonade album. Obviously, Jay Z had allegedly cheated on Beyonce, and that was the the whole album was essentially all about that. So when Ashlyn says, you know, I, I'm in my lemonade phase, I, I think if you read between the lines here, and a lot of people have been wondering when Al Ali said, Ali said, Ali, excuse me, I'm sorry. When Ashlyn and Sophia have gotten together and, and speculated about possibly there being some cheating here. Uh, I, I think you're, we're getting our answer right now from, from Allie. Just, just read between the lines a little bit. Well, her brother, uh, Allie's brother, certainly co-signed co on this. This is Kyle, her brother. And he wrote, love you and so proud of you. These hoes ain't loyal, but me and your fans are. That's really interesting. So, I mean, I think it's pretty clear what they're saying. Yeah. When you look at the overlap here, they were really chummy. Um, Ashlyn and Sophia were chummy in June. This is back in June uh, when they, they've, they've been together a lot. Yeah, and, and Ashlyn uh, just filed in September for divorce. Sophia filed for divorce uh, uh, recently, too, from her husband, Grant Hughes. So, and these pictures go back months. Right, go back to Cannes, Harv, when uh, they seemed very flirty with one another while they were on a panel. Uh, you know, can I, tell, can I tell you the weird thing about the, 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 that video at Cannes? When you listen to it, it's very short, but it sounds like they just met each other. But that's not the case. No, they actually go back some time. And what's, what's I, I don't know, funny is the right word, but all of them, Ali too, had a relationship, a friendship with Sophia. I don't think they have a friendship anymore, but it's interesting that the three of them seemed rather close to each other. Good day. My name is Shelly Sweets and I'm from Stone Mountain. And it is pretty messy in the soccer girl sport world, okay? And we can always count on Brother Kyle to leave a comment to confirm the messiness. Brother Kyle did. Right. It's like so unfortunate that there's an actual family that has been started that will be affected. And the fans are noticing certain things that are changing in Ashland's um, bio. So... There's a lot of different shade. There's also Ashlyn's birthday today. So um, they posted two-time uh, champion. And a lot of the fans were like, yeah, she is two-timey. So, you know, it's quite messy. Um, help me in some geography here. You said you're from Stone Mountain. Where is that? It's on the east side of Atlanta. Oh, okay. I learned something today. Yeah, and there's actually a Stone Mountain there with faces carved into it. Really? Yeah. What faces? Some white men. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we are going to um, we're going to move to West Hollywood right now, where uh, Taylor Swift has been in town since Monday. 
So she decided to uh, chow down with a couple of her friends, uh, Selena Gomez and uh, Zoe Kravitz. Um, this is a m little mini mall. It doesn't look like much, but it houses, I think, one of the best, if not the best sushi place uh, in L.A. A lot of celebrities go there, and Taylor went there with her crew last night. Yeah, you guys, it's called Sushi Park in West Hollywood, and it is where all of the hot celebrities go to have sushi. As you can see in the video, you have Selena Gomez hanging out with Taylor Swift. They've been friends since, like, 2008. Zoe Kravitz was kind of a wild card at this dinner. However, a lot of people may not know that Zoe actually worked on Taylor's 2022 album, Midnight, and also is credited for the song Lavender Haze. And then next to Taylor is actually Miles Teller's wife, ah. Kelly Speary. So a girl-powered dinner dinner at Sushi Park, which is, I've never been there, but I think the food's really good because all these celebrities keep going there over other hot spots in uh, I, I've had it once, and it is pretty incredible, actually. By the way, um, since we're mentioning Sushi Park, I got to mention uh, that Eunice is one of our incredible guides in the TMZ tours. And I say tours because now we have the celebrity tour right. and we have the selfie tour. Yes. And I got to say, <laughs> I, we just started the selfie tour this week. And I did the final run-through with Eunice. She is incredible. Are we recording this? We are on okay. the air. Okay, okay, good. And it is a <laughs> fabulous show. It's I mean, a lot it, of fun. It is a show where you can go around L.A., you can have selfies taken at all the iconic places in town that everybody wants, and you can see celebrities along the way. It's really cool. And she's great. Oh, thank you. I can't wait to give everybody in America the TMZ selfie tour. And we will take all of you in America on this tour. Uh, Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you have heard Jesse Smollett's version of him going to rehab to get better. It is interesting because the two men who basically secured his conviction for faking a hate crime are not believing his story. We are going to tell you why when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Harvey and Eunice here. So, Jesse Smollett. We have not heard from him in a while. Rightfully so. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. It's like life is in suspended animation for him. Um, he was convicted, as you know, years ago at this point um, of faking a hate crime in mm -hmm. Chicago. Um, and he actually began serving a five-month prison term just a few days after he began. He was released pending an appeal. That appeal still hasn't been decided, which... Right. It's crazy. I don't understand why it's taken this long, but it has. And we broke the story that he is now in outpatient rehab. And his people told us it is because he's had a really rough time um, over the last few years. You can understand why. Um, and it has gotten to him. He had a Narcotics Anonymous book, which makes it seem like we're talking drugs. Mm -hmm. The Ascendario brothers, who were the two brothers who supposedly were in cahoots with Jesse on this whole faking hate crime thing, who testified against him and said the whole thing was made up. Um, we talked to them. They're not buying what Jesse's people are selling. I find it very interesting that he decided to check in at this moment 
on the verge of the appeal being decided upon. And I think you yourself and anyone with a brain can find it a little suspicious that it's this moment that he's used. You could have checked in two years ago. You could have checked in one year ago. You could have checked in eight months ago. But it's now you want to check in? I don't know. It's, it's a little weird to me. On the heels of when the verdict is about to come out at that. Why do you think he would be doing it then? Probably to get house arrest or something. They say the truth shall set you free. Once you come out and speak your truth, the truth, not just your truth, because your truth can be a little wishy-washy, you know, I think you'll feel better. So keep in mind, if the conviction is upheld, Jesse's going to have to do 150 days in jail, which I'm sure he definitely does not want to do. So to the point of those Sindario brothers here, they just think the timing is suspicious. And maybe by Jesse going to rehab, he's trying to paint himself as a more sympathetic figure. Frankly, I don't know if that's necessarily fair. If he does have a drug issue, going to rehab is something that should be applauded for. And maybe he is dealing with something serious. So I don't know if maybe given Jesse's history, you might be skeptical of how he moves, uh, but this could be a good thing for him. I agree. I mean, I, I think, A, you're right that anybody who tries to get help um, shouldn't be, you know, condemned for it or people saying, oh, you've got ulterior motives. But the other thing is, it's like an appeals court is not going to change it to house arrest. That's what the trial judge does. So the only thing the appeals court is doing is deciding was the trial fair, were errors made. But that doesn't go toward um, changing the sentence to house arrest. That's not what an appeals court does. I think it's kind of unfair. Hi, it's your girl, Linnell LS, a.k.a. Ms. Babs here in Oakland. And my take on the whole situation, of course, we're a little skeptical of whatever he has to say because of his past. But when it comes to substance abuse, for me, it's like he definitely is like trying to take that step to recovery, the first step of acknowledgement of that he has a problem, which he probably has more problems than just substance abuse. He has like an issue with telling the truth. Um, so I can get why a lot of people are kind of like, maybe he's just doing this again for attention. Um, yeah, and it, it could just be for attention, but who knows? This is a touchy subject. We're talking about substance abuse and someone that's looking you know, to recover from whatever situation he's dealing with, so. Yeah, you know, what's interesting about um, when you go to a Narcotics Anonymous or AA meeting, or AA program, um, one of the things of the 12-step program is just opening up about things. Mm -hmm. And you gotta wonder, are they going to, Jesse, come clean on this, you know what I mean? Probably not, that's probably not gonna be on his list of things to do. But he might even try to use it to absolve some of the responsibility of the original situation. It might be, hey, I have a problem that I have never been honest about, I've never sought treatment Well, that's before. what I'm wondering. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I wonder if he, uh, we're not in those meetings, so we don't know. We're, uh, we're gonna move on to Adam Sandler. So we had a concert uh, earlier in the week, um, very crowded, and there was a guy who fell ill in the in in the audience, and it looked really serious. So Adam decided that he needed to stop that show and get that guy help. Let's do it. Where's that medic? Uh, yo yo, every, every medic coming. All right, here comes the medic. Over here, guys, right down there, on the left. Let's go. Let's get there, y'all. All right, everything should be all right. All right, we'll be 
So as you guys can see in the video, you know, Adam, you know, helped lead the medics to the person. Uh, we talked to some people at the show. And so basically the show is just stopped down for just 10 minutes. And actually the person ended up, I guess they were dehydrated. So they ended up being, being completely fine. So good. Okay, it, well, it's good. crazy though, after the Travis Scott incident, you know, you see all these celebrities, anytime anyone's in distress stopping the show. And I guess it's kind of better safe than sorry, right? It is. You do stand up. Yes. And I'm just wondering, is this something people are talking about since um, Astro World about what to do in a show? Absolutely not. Really? <laughs> no. Hopefully it doesn't happen when you're on stage, but honestly, especially with stand-up, you just go with the flow. If someone is having a medical emergency, I think now is the time that you don't just try to stay in show business, right? You want to show your humanity and say, okay, this might not be what I planned. It might be altering or delaying my show, but let's get this person attention. Has that always been the case, or does it feel like it's been more since Astroworld? I think more since Astroworld, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's to me, too. Max from Long Beach. Uh, yeah, I think, like... Like you said, people are more aware, or performers are more aware of the needs of uh, people in the crowd. I, it's a little bit easier when, uh, well, it's it's a big venue, but um, it's you know easier when you're in an arena. And I think somebody shouted out that there was an emergency, so you know, good for Adam for kind of stopping what he was doing to make sure that they get help. I think every everybody that does a performance or anything like that should be. Uh, as aware as possible of what's going on. Of course, security and everybody else should, has to has to chip in on that too. So um, happy in this case that the person that needed the help got the help that they needed. Yeah, absolutely. Suge Knight uh, is in the podcast business. Who isn't? Well, who isn't <laughs> who is free? Right. He's not free. He is serving a long sentence for that death in the Tams parking lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and he is at a California correctional facility in San Diego. Somehow, and I don't understand how this works, uh, because, you know, we've done interviews where we try to, you know, sometimes interview people in prison, and they're real tough about that at the California correctional facility, especially the one in San Diego. Yet, Suge is firing up a new podcast um, where he is going to be talking about all sorts of things. He's going to be talking about presumably Tupac, mm -hmm. presumably Death Row Records, um, his relationships with people like Master P and others. This is the promo for it. We got to figure out how is he pulling this off? Every time you turn around, everybody want to spread some lies or some Tell Tupac I'm a bell as a out. You can take care of yourself. How are you going to get Pac out of prison? Should be a more than press charge. Eight counts. You did what everybody mad at 6 9 about. Look here, boy. The hip-hop magazine The Source has honored its picks for the best in rap. I'm the first one told people about your masters. But I'll tell people about my masters. If they were that, I ain't no slave. You have a prepaid call from... Suge Knight. Hey, whether it's the hip-hop game or the prison, you know, Suge Knight, he's the OG around town, so, you know, he can pull some springs and get some, get a podcast off the ground. You know, every day there's a new interview about Suge Knight, you know, on Vlad TV or what have you on YouTube, so, you know, he's fair game to respond to everybody. I think this is going to be a big hit. It is, it is. I think this is going to be a really big hit. He's getting really interesting people on, and his story is so compelling. I just, I do not understand how he's able to pull this off. They are so restrictive at this particular facility. Again, we've had dealings with uh, the California Correctional Facility in San Diego. 
And it is next to impossible to get a camera in to do an interview. They have all these rules. And he, I mean, good on Shug that he's able to do it. I'm just really shocked at this. It seems like he's going to be responding to a lot of interviews that have been done about him since he's been in prison. Yeah. So I would guess it's going to be a lot of editing involved and just taking his collect phone calls and then interspersing it with people who are on the outside. Uh, but I wonder, is it going to, like in the middle of uh, the interviews, is it going to be, this is a call from the California <laughs> Correctional Facility in San Diego. It adds color to the podcast. <laughs> that makes it better, yes. No, it totally does. It totally does. <laughs> yes, it does. Hey, this is Marcus Oceanside, California. I can't tell you guys enough. I'm tired of hearing about Suge Knight. Uh, if he's going to do anything, whether tell all, Get with somebody, get with the big name, get with Harvey, get with the Oprah, hook up to a lie detector system. He's flipped stories so many times over the past 30 years. He, he's turned stories more than a blackjack dealer turning cards. We're tired of it. Okay, well, hold do on. It, do it right. Then I got a question for you. If you had to choose one that you don't want to hear from, is it Suge Knight or Jada Pinkett? Oh, Lord. <laughs> that, 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 that's a draw, brother. That's a draw. It's a, it's a nightmare right now. <laughs> um, I won't make you answer that. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, like, Suge has, like, what, 20-some-odd more years in prison, right? Right. Before I answer? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get you. So Justin Bieber uh, is taking a break this year. He is, what a great thing just to be able to say, I'm not going to work in 2023. Mm -hmm. I guess when you're that rich, you know? But he's not. Um, and he's got a lot of time in his hands. And it turns out that um, part of the time that he spends is on a basketball team. And we got Justin out yesterday, and he was fully involved in this game. Yeah, he was making jumpers, having the assists. Now, we've seen Bieber over the years show off his athleticism, whether it's in hockey or soccer or anything like that, but we haven't really seen this in a while. So it's nice to get uh, Justin back out there, uh, you know, getting his heart pumping a little bit. But um, he teamed up with uh, Donnie Namias. He's a fashion designer. They were at Surgeon Studios, you know, the, the shoe surgeon. He's a very famous shoe customizer. Kind of has like a little fantasy factory at his studio where he's got a bunch of stuff. He's got a bar. He's got a basketball court and everything. Um, but Justin's team ended up losing 109 to 71. Boy, then this is deceptive editing because all we're seeing is his team making shots. Right. Would you care to see Donnie Namias making a three-pointer? I... <laughs> not at all. What'd they lose, what'd they lose by? Uh, well, I'm not good at math, but 109 to 71. Oh, like, uh, oh, so they got uh, slaughtered. They got slaughtered. Points. Yeah, it was bad. Sam Sermons in Atlanta. And it's great to see him out here, you know, doing other life missions. You know, he's a great Grammy Award winner. He's out here, you know, a happy husband. This is just something he's doing on the side. And, you know, it's cool to see it, but we're not worried. He's not going to get a 10-day contract with any NBA team. So enjoy the rec league, but, you know, it's okay to just be at home. He looks really happy, which is great. He does, but I can tell why he's been not out and about. He still hasn't gotten his beard to connect and that's a big deal for men. It's not connecting. He just needs to shave it off. Mm, I guess so. No, yours is great. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Arson Daly here. I live on the internet. I just wanted to say I'm pumped that Britney Spears is writing a book and spilling all the tea on all these other celebrities. I'm here for it. Okay. Uh, one more. Hi, I'm Justin Avery Smith from Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. Uh, and Taylor Swift was found in uh, L.A. having a sushi dinner with Selena Gomez and Zoe Kravitz. And uh, I say, you know what? Good for her. She's a young professional in her 30s, enjoying a night on the town with the girls, you know, while the significant other is away on business, just like all of us are. Uh, but the only thing I was wondering is 
uh, did Selena invite her to be on Only Murders season four? And did Taylor send anything uh, back? And when she was asked what was wrong with the food, did she say, I'm the problem, it's me? I can tell you two things. One, of course Selena asked her to be on that show. You That's think? number one. Of course. Taylor Swift on any show means that show is a hit. But she's not an actress, is she? Terrors. Okay, okay, it's Taylor. Okay. And secondly, you don't send food back at Sushi Park because it is, number one, it's awesome. And number two, you don't have a say in what you eat. They bring you what they bring you, and that's the way it works. So one of the perks of being a celebrity is you're kind of immortalized, right? Mm -hmm. You know, some people on Hollywood Boulevard with their handprints, right? Mm -hmm. um, and some people with wax figures. Yeah, the big people. The big people, like The Rock, for example. Um, so in Paris, they have a wax museum. I can't pronounce the French word, but it's a wax museum. And that's The Rock, mm -hmm. but people think it doesn't look like him. No shade to plumbers in the world, <laughs> but he looks like a plumber. Well, he looks <laughs> like a plumber or he looks to me, he looks like Vin Diesel. He has more of the Vin Diesel coloring. I mean, look at that. Look, yes. at, look at Vin Diesel. It does look more like Vin Diesel. And oh. the funny thing yeah. is, is remember, you know, in, fa in that Fast and Furious movie, they were at war with each other. Yes. Now, I think they've think reconciled, they've but still, <laughs> to me, I don't think that's going to stick. Fans are just roasting it. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Okay. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will see you Monday.